Hi there, everyone. Welcome to the Women Wired for Wellness podcast presented by Holistic Icon. I'm your host, Dr. Nisha Chalet. This podcast was created to fulfill my obsession for the understanding of why we struggle with symptoms, the science behind them, and the reason why most women suffer for years before they seek solutions for their troubling symptoms. I'm also very passionate about teaching both my patients and people who come in contact with us as it helps me empower myself and them with knowledge. What kind of knowledge are we talking about? The knowledge that our health is probably the one asset we all can control. This control begins with knowing all that has been known about it. It is not simply about knowing a disease and considering medications as the only option, because that might be the only option when you are nearing death. But to truly live a fulfilling life, we need to know how to tap into our innate nature to heal and all the possible qualities including developing grit, passion, and consistency. If this podcast has helped you or opened your eyes to a different path, please take time to leave a positive review. And if you felt we fell short somehow, would you let us know how to improve it? Now, without any further delay, let's get on with today's podcast. So this podcast is actually very um, something that I'm very passionate about, where I have felt for years of my practice that food and exercise as much as it is important for a person's health, the ultimate determinant of a person's life and health is their mindset. And you can see from many of my podcasts, I always begin with knowing yourself. So this podcast, I did invite one of my colleagues as well as one of my teachers from my yoga class Dr. Uh, Van, um, who has described in this very beautifully what yoga actually means. When you Google the word yoga, it'll tell you it's the union, union of mind, body, and spirit. What yoga actually means is true mastery of the mind. And we all get confused about the mind, particularly in traditional medicine. We don't even take the mind into um, context and into account. Mind is not something that you can see. It's something that we experience on a day-to-day basis. It is that little voice in your head that constantly chatters. And it can give you negative or positive chatter depending on your emotional state. So the chatter, the emotional state, the constant confusion, the noise, all of this can be called the mind. We understand what intellect is. Intellect is something that helps you decide based on information that's given to you. We understand the body because it's something tangible, physical that we can see. Uh, But we don't understand the mind. And understanding the mind are some of the examples we've given you in this particular podcast. Uh, As we all know, a lot of us know we have to exercise on a regular basis. We shouldn't be sitting for so many hours and eating junk food. We know that. That is our intelligence. 
But the fact that you do what you know you shouldn't be doing is what your mind lets you do. And getting that mastery over that mind, they usually call the mind the monkey, your subconscious state, the one that has this constant loop recording that plays over and over again, whatever message it might be giving you, whether it's telling you you are stupid or you're not smart, you're not beautiful, you are a victim, you are a victor, whatever it is telling you, it's going to play over and over again. Getting a control of it, re-recording the message requires a lot of awareness and focus. And that's what the journey of yoga is all about. It is helping us understand experiences, give us thought processes. The thought processes give us emotions. And these emotions can be negative or positive or they can be silent. Getting that period of silence where you're not listening to the chatter requires a lot of practice. That is why yoga is something that you practice on a daily basis, just like you practice breathing, just like you practice sleeping, just like you practice walking, just like you practice going to work. Yoga is a practice that you have to cultivate. And the ultimate goal of yoga is to attain happiness. Now, happiness today may seem like I want more money. Happiness may seem like I want to have a great body. Happiness may seem like I want to look beautiful. But once you attain that, you always want something more. True happiness is where you are just who you are. There's nothing more that you want. And to get to that place is a very, very long journey. And that's what we talk about in this particular podcast. And don't forget to look at the infographic where we talk about the five layers of yoga, uh, which is uh, starting with the body or the physical being, then the force or energy, the life force that passes through us, that creates the emotions that we have. And that is your mind layer. Now, the mind will can listen to your intellect or it can listen to your desires that the body wants. When you're able to control the mind to do what you need to do in order to feel bliss or happiness, that's when you have been able to master your mind. Every day, there are moments you can master your mind. This is not a state that you're going to get 100 years from now. This is a state you can choose to have every minute of your day. So in other words, if now you're listening to the podcast, if your focus is on my voice, on this podcast, on the information at this podcast, from this podcast, then you are in a meditative state. If you're listening to this podcast, but you're driving, you're chatting with your friend, you're coming back to it, or it's just there in the background, then you are not in a meditative state. You are in an active state. And that's what we need to realize is whatever you are doing, when you're talking to someone, are you focusing on that person, focusing on what they're saying? That is meditation. Focus, awareness, being in the moment is meditation. And once you understand that, you can be in a meditative state on a regular basis. 
That's how we attain bliss. Because when you are in a meditative state in the moment, aware of what you're doing today, what happened yesterday becomes irrelevant or unknown to you. It is not something that's front, right, and center. What is going to happen tomorrow is no longer a worry because you're in the moment. This is something that has to be practiced, mainly because our subconscious mind has all of the recordings of all of the emotions we have accumulated from our childhood. And once we have an understanding of this and are able to shut down the process by not actively shutting down the process, but by focusing on what is in front of us, it's extremely easy to attain that state of bliss. So without any further delay, let's dive into our conversation with Dr. Van about how yoga can help us heal from within and how, as we always say at Holistic Icon, you always find your best doctor and that is always you. And today I have a very special guest and this is a Dr. Saravana Chakalingam and he's not the MD doctor but a PhD, right? Doctorate in physical therapy. So um, we are going to call him Dr. Van just to make it easy for people to understand um, or pronounce. So remember, when you want to talk about this particular podcast, it was interviewing Dr. Van, V-A-N. And uh, so I'm going to start off with, you said you're a doctorate in physical therapy. What was your journey into physical therapy? Why did you choose physical therapy? Yeah, I wanted to do something in medicine to help people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, uh, medicine means like you go with the pharmaceutical medicine. So something physical, we can approach something without a medicine. Uh, so so as, a, as a part, I can do uh, something to the body mm-hmm. uh, by approach uh, without any modern medicine. Uh, that's the only part we I chose to uh, physical therapist. So did you have some kind of somebody who influenced you to say this this is probably because I know when I was growing up I didn't I, I had not encountered many physical therapists. Even as medical school I did not encounter physical therapy unless they had a, a head injury and then they went into a specific place where physical therapists would come and do massage and ultrasound and do some work. So what was your exposure? How did you know about physical therapy? It's it's one of the demanding fields because a lot of people don't know that means mm. a demanding field. Yeah. A lot of people are into it. That means a demanding field. Right. Yeah, okay. That's one of the main reasons. Uh, yeah. Of course, it's like physical therapy is like the next part next to that. If you want, if you don't want to get into the medicine, then mm. you think about going to a different field. Field. Okay. And then you try physical therapy. Okay. That's how you enter into that. Yeah. Okay. So how does one decide? I want to do just physical therapy and then go on to becoming a doctorate in it. What do you do as a doctorate? See, like it's like a growing science, like mm-hmm. uh, it's evolution, like that's what it is. Um, used to 25, 30 years ago, you needed just a bachelor degree to become a physical therapist, right? Uh, and now it's become a doctorate level in the sense, like now you don't do just treat with the exercise. You can manipulate. Uh, you can diagnose some uh, musculoskeletal disorder. There are diagnoses which has been established, like for example, diabetes, uh, arthritis, mm-hmm. and uh, low back pain. These are all the established diagnoses in the medical field. But there is a different kind of diagnosis, something called musculoskeletal impairment. Mm-hmm. There is no diagnosis available. One good example is like, uh, for example, when your hip is hiked, uh, because it could be because of your partial abnormality, mm-hmm. or it could be because of uh, your muscular weakness too. Muscular weakness on one side can uh, uh, 
raise the hip on the other side. Mm. So that is a diagnosis we made, but patient will not come, patient will not come uh, as a hip hiking or mm. muscular weakness, for example, a muscle called gluteus medius. One side is weaker, the weakness of one side will raise the other side of the hip height. When the hip is hiked, what's going to happen? Hip is connected to the sacral bone. Mm -hmm. The sacral bone is connected to the lumbar region. The space between the lumbar region, lumbar the spine will be reduced. So people will be coming having a pinched nerve. Uh, but the pinched nerve, then we treat the back pain. But if you go to the root, it's going to be like, uh, it could be the weakness of the gluteus medius. So that's kind of diagnosis is different where we approach. Uh, so that kind of, if you need to do that, that means we need to have knowledge of, uh, deep knowledge of uh, anatomy, physiology, and biomechanics. So we treat as a lumbar pain, but the actual diagnosis is a gluteus medius weakness. So I'm going to actually interpret what you said okay. in a little more simple, because I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of okay. this. So it's basically the buttocks. Okay. There's a spasm in the buttocks. Yes. And because of the buttocks being in spasm, you get lopsided. Yes. But it's almost like the alignment of the hip goes out. And because the hip is connected to the backbone, backbone. pretty much people feel low back pain. They'll say it's a pinch nerve. And then they start going to orthopedics and deciding to go into surgery to relieve that. Instead, go to the right physical therapist. They can actually see the misalignment. Mm -hmm and get to the root cause of it and actually reset the alignment so that you don't feel the pain. Exactly. Is it as simple as that? So as simple as that. The patient will come to you as a lumbar radiculopathy, uh, sciatica, uh, but uh, they walk out as a diagnosis of gluteus, uh, your buttock muscle weakness. Got it. All right. Is mm -hmm. it often that you actually are able to capture those patients? Because I feel like a lot of times you have people walking around saying, you know, I have a pinched nerve, I have all these things. I don't know any of them that I've seen a physical therapist for. Like, how do you get to that patient? That is a level of, that's why we went to do a doctorate. Mm -hmm. As a, that the, the education is more of like three years more of extensive education. That's the training we go through. That's why a lot of people are coming directly to a physical therapist right now. It's like a musculoskeletal diagnosis. Mm -hmm. uh, then uh, any, see, body posture should be like balanced. Any imbalance in any part of the body can cause uh, pain anywhere. Even if you have an ingrown, ingrown toe, toe, I mean, toenail, yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. pain. Because of the pain, you'll be start limping. Yeah. When you start limping, you're putting a lot of pressure, pressure on the, on the other parts. Other parts of the back. So yeah. it's, when, you, when you come with, it's, it's like a holistic approach. That's why I like Dr. Chala. <laughs> right. <laughs> I got, we try to dig into the. <laughs> I, got I got attracted to it. That's the only reason. <laughs> so when yeah. you come with the back pain, don't just treat the back pain. Look at the whole body. Mm -hmm. Correct. Yeah. So I. Uh, uh, a lot of times, I'm going to assume people who are really deathly afraid of surgery mm -hmm. will find a person like you. Exactly. Because if so everybody says, oh, you know, we've done physical therapy, looks like you need to see the neurosurgeon. The surgeon says, yeah, we've got a pinched nerve mm -hmm. and we're going to do this. Then they'll say, I got to find another solution. Then they'll find mm -hmm. a physical therapist like you who would probably, and you know, word of mouth or searching for somebody who can help them. Exactly. Right? One simple example is if you have a fan going around mm -hmm. on top, if the fan is uh, crooked, mm. if you want to get air, you're not going to look at your uh, <laughs> body like this. this is, that's what the correction is happening. You have to turn the fan to keep it straight so you get air like that. Got yeah. it. All right. So uh, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you is you were the first person who introduced me to um, learning yoga. I mean, I've seen yoga. I come from India. I, I still remember my first attempt at meditation was when I was five. 
I went kicking and screaming. My parents were very much in, into Osha. Mm-hmm. And there was transcendental meditation at that time. I still remember very vaguely it was our home and there was a big veranda. Veranda is like a patio all around the house. And we all, like a huge bunch of people and their families, like parents and uh, kids would sit and we would do TM and I would keep opening up one eye, hoping that everybody was done. I think you had to do it for 20 minutes. <laughs> I brought this problem children in, right? Yeah. I don't know if it was. Yeah. I mean, I was one of those ones that nobody knew I was a problem child. Mm-hmm. Like it was on the surface, but I would try to open and see like, was it done? Was it done? So I was very annoyed by having to sit quietly. I'd rather be playing with my friends. But. That was my introduction. And then I remember my dad and mom listening to OSHA tapes very often and reading books and all of those. So I would say, you know, here and there, there was um, influence. But as I got into the medical field, one of the reasons I got interested in, and I, I think my first encounter, one of our common friends introduced us. And I remember telling you, I think everything is in the mind. If people can shift how they think, they actually will feel well. Um, and as we got talking, I realized the philosophy of yoga is very similar to how um, functional medicine functional is, medicine, yeah. you know, getting to the root cause. You take the person's mind, body, and spirit. What does yoga actually mean? Is there a meaning for the word yoga? When people talk about yoga means like uh, doing it like a pretzel pose. <laughs> yeah, right. But that's not the truth. Yoga means like there's one meaning. It says yoga means union, like mind, body, and uh, universal connection. Uh, the actual uh, um, meaning of yoga is uh, uh, mastery over the mind. Mm. Mastery over the mind. Why mastery over? How the mastery over the mind is going to helpful in case of my my disease? That's that's what we're going to talk more right. about. Right. Actual yoga means like if you practice yoga, you become master of your mind. Mm. Okay. Uh, one good example is like I'm a diabetic. Mm. Doctor Chalam is recommending eating raw sugar is not helpful. So I know that uh, my my logic, my uh, my intellect says that uh, eating sugar is not good for me. White sugar is not good for me. Uh, but uh, I listen to her. I walk out. On the way back, I see a Dairy Queen, and uh, I stop by. I eat. Mm. So why? Because of my intellect says that uh, sugar is not good for me, but my mind does not. It's because I don't have a mastery over the mind. If I have the mastery of the mind, then I have a good control about it. You know, when you said that, my intellect says that, but my mind doesn't. Mm. So I remember when we went through the yoga class, the five layers, the panchakosha. Mm. So what? If so, people can understand what is the difference between intellect and mind. Right. Can we go over the five layers so exactly. people have an understanding um, why? There's a difference between mind, intellect, the thought process, and then the bliss part. So what is the, uh, what are the layers? What do the layers mean? The human body, like our existence, we need to think about existence, about uh, uh, about five level of existence. If you understand this concept, uh, like I said, you will, uh, you will really see a big difference in your body level, mind level, and everything. Uh, we don't even realize that we, we are existing in five different levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, uh, when, I, when, you, when I introduce to me, when you see me, you see my body. Body is on a physical level. So we get disease or issues only at the body level. Mm-hmm. 
then only we come to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, have a pain, a diabetes, a digestion, whatever it is. So we treat we treat the bo- we treat only the body level. That's the body level issues. Yeah. So why the body level issues happening is uh, if something my body my physical body has to move uh, need more energy to move in my physical body mm-hmm. something we call like our energy is the one moving in my body mm-hmm. uh, then we say okay then uh, i am my body i am an energy so that's that's called the prana prana right? the energy the level is second level is called like life force mm-hmm. so one level first is called like a body level we call like annamaya kosha that's a body level the body is uh, thrived by the uh, energy which is inside the body which call like a prana so we have something tangible physical that's the body mm-hmm. but the life force is invisible invisible energy and invisible energy, energy. okay invisible mm-hmm. energy which runs all over the body which makes us to move which makes us to think uh, which makes us to sleep everything mm-hmm. energy so when the energy is if i want to walk if i want to talk my energy need to be help my mouth muscles to talk mm-hmm. but what i want to talk the energy is dictated by the my mind mm. my mind is telling my energy to do this mm-hmm. yeah, i want to sit i want to talk i want to move and then there is a third level which is called like a manomaya. manomaya so the first is the body level then if you go deeper it's going to be our energy level mm-hmm. and then if you go deeper the energy energy is uh, dictated by the uh, mind mm-hmm. so there is there is one more level between mind and uh, um the fifth level is called we call like intellect mm-hmm. people always get confused with intellect and mind mm-hmm. mind is more emotional intellect is more logical so it's almost like ruling with your heart and ruling with your head exactly right. exactly ruling with your heart ruling with your head. so we always have a two different personalities we always have a conflict between our intellect and mind all the time i know i'm a mom i'm you're a mom i'm a dad my son do something wrong but we forgive them because my mind my emotions helps to forgive them uh-huh. but intellect say don't do that <laughs> so we always have a conflict between intellect and uh, mind when the mind win we become so emotional mm. when the logic win it, when the intellect win we become more successful mm. so this is the big difference between mind and intellect uh, one good example is like uh, uh when i'm driving in a car um there is a green light mm. i keep passing and there is a red light i stop the car i was thinking in a red light and then i was thinking about a lot of things going around so mind wanders around mm. suddenly the red, green light comes that means my intellect says hey you're wand- wandering around it's your it's green light just go on so this is this is this is easy to differentiate between your mind and intellect so basically the mind is something you can't control or the intellect controls the mind that's what it depends on your personality if okay. you understand your mind and intellect okay then you can control your intellect and mind also okay that's the, the fourth level first is the physical level mm-hmm. second one we call like energy level, level. Yeah. third one is the like mind level uh, and then intellect level we survive we we survive our existence can be happen all four levels too so the my intellect level is the uh, uh, you said mano maya kosha the gyan the intellect level is Vignan. called vignana maya kosha vignana maya kosha so that's the intellect so we can survive with this four, four. right yeah. so is there there's a fifth level what fifth, is the fifth level that is called like a bliss level mm-hmm. ananda maya kosha what is the bliss level see it's a very unique theory to understand 
anything what we do in our life i'm doing a podcast right now i'm talking to you or i'm going out i'm working i'm eating i'm doing everything anything what i do is because of i want to be happy is there anything what you do looking for unhappiness even if you want to torture somebody else because you're looking for happiness that's why you're torturing <laughs> It gives you pleasure, so you're torturing. It gives pleasure, some kind of pleasure. Oh, you have a girl, a daughter, right? <laughs> Girls are not happy unless everybody else around them is unhappy. That's true. So that's I mean, teenagers, 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 teenagers yeah. In general, even torturing ourselves uh, is give some kind of pleasure to them. That's why they're doing it. So what is happening? Any I hope not. not. <laughs> I don't think I want to think of it that way. But it is true. People are doing it because everybody yeah. doing it is some kind. Though it is wrong or right, it's a different story. Yeah. But yeah. any action what you do, any thinking what you do, you want to, you want, you're looking for happiness. That's why you're trying to. And then you come back and realize it is not happy. Then you change your mind. That is a different story. Any thinking what you do is looking for happiness. That means happiness is the one. Making you do any action, any thinking, any intellect, any energy, any body. Okay. That means happiness is something inside, which is making you do everything. But what we are doing right now is happiness. We are looking for happiness outside. Outside, yeah, correct. That's what I thought. I thought the bliss comes from within you. So when you're doing something to somebody else, it could not necessarily. I mean, the way I would look at it is you're filling a void. Yes. You're feeling a void and you feel that's what helps you feel exactly. in control and power or like when you're torturing somebody it's about control, control. correct? And when you are um, um, I mean when you're doing something good for somebody because you feel needed, you feel that's your purpose in life. But then if that gets taken away, that bliss goes away because it, because it's from outside. But true bliss has to come from within you. Within you. It doesn't matter what you're doing. You're happy. Happy. And it doesn't matter what happens, you're happy. Nothing can shake you. Nothing can shake you. So, which I don't think anybody is uh, in that state yes. of mind. I I that podcast. is the path of, that is what is called mastery of mind. That is what we, we, that is what we go into, into this path so that we are, in whatever happening outside, nothing can be shaken inside. See, let me tell you one thing. Somebody can make me angry. So I can get mad. Mm. Uh, somebody can make me happy, I can be happy. But if somebody is making me angry, so who is suffering more? Yeah. The person who is making you, or when you get angry, when you get stressed, you're suffering more. So what happens is, when somebody is making you angry, that means I have a freedom to take it or not to take it Correct. internally. If I am a blessed mind in my, within myself, I don't have to react to it. So basically, if somebody slaps you, mm -hmm. right, there's two things that's happening. One is there's a physical pain. The next one is an emotional pain. You can choose to be angry or hurt, but that choice is yours. Or you can say, sorry, you mm -hmm. felt bad that you, you're so angry with me to slap me. I'm sorry. And you can just walk away saying, that's his problem, not mine. So if you can get to that point, then you're in a blissful state. Yes. But if you're still angry or hurt, you're still working under the blissful, the Ananda Maya. You're working under. You're working on the mind level. Mano Maya, the third level. Third so, level. so that's why. So, if you have to get yourself to that, that takes a lot. I think years of practice. Correct. Yeah, it's that's what like a lot of yogis and uh, uh, 
saints are telling like it needs a lot of practice, discipline. But that's uh, that's one path in yoga which is called like a vijnana maya kosha. We're talking about as like jnana yogis. Jnana, mm. if you understand this concept, mm. you can become a yogi next day. Huh. <laughs> but if you understand, <laughs> right? So you cannot understand. If somebody slaps you, uh, you slap them back. Yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, the but at the same time somebody slaps if you learn somebody slaps i need to react to them i should stop them but internally i'm not going to affect it if they learn to be like this then i can be happy by tomorrow but it's, it's not possible it takes a lot of time for you to practice everything i think a great application of this would be in the school system to stop bullying yes Mm-hmm. They I, have brought yoga in the sun. Oh, schools. there. A lot of schools are implementing yoga. Yeah. Now, yeah. I, I think that's a, that's another way where you're not filling a void with torturing somebody else, being mean to somebody else, and then you're not getting reacting to what somebody else is saying. I think that would be a good way because that will give you years of practice so mm-hmm. those adults will be like pretty much blissful by the time they become adults, I think. <laughs> so f- from a health health standpoint one of the things that i struggle with is when people come to us with a disease state right um when i talk to them ever we take a long history from birth to now one of the things that we realize is that um it always starts with something that happened in childhood and then they continue and then they get let's say a, a female that has autoimmune disease like rheumatoid arthritis you can always pointed to two major or three major events in their life either a childhood trauma which we call as adverse childhood experiences or it could be they had a terrible marriage they stayed too long in the marriage for kids or finances whatever it may be then they come out and somehow their whole body is getting destroyed now in that kind of a person i feel the only three layers are working number 1 is their body the number 2 is the energy number 3 is their mind the intellect and the bliss is not even in place because they stop at the mind level and they keep rotating out there so when somebody comes to us that uh, in that state a couple of things we have to do is create a mind shift number 1 making them understand your disease number 1 is your responsibility and a lot of times what they will say if only this person had not done this if only i um you know my mother had given me better food if only i uh, not drank so much in college if only i wasn't married to the wrong person so once uh, and yesterday i was talking to kim our life coach and she said something very um very profound she always says something very profound when you talk to her but one of the things she said is when you throw the blame to somebody else it keeps you in a comfortable zone that you don't have to change because somebody else has the blame right and that's how we come in a disease state it's not my problem oh i had all the stress from the job but you took on the stress correct how do you create that shift like somebody comes to you if i say hey i want you to go see dr bam for meditation and help yourself from uh um you know connecting or getting the energy flow properly and trying to heal from within how would you how do you approach a person like that i know that's a long it's probably that's a long very story. very good question see you need to understand first how the disease comes okay. people come to you with rheumatoid arthritis um if you ask me if there is any connection between a stress and rheumatoid arthritis yes it is 100% yes and you're a doctor and 
uh, do you accept that giving medicine is going to help them? Just uh, the medicine alone. To me, that is just a tool to when they are acutely. Yes. Uh, yes. Acutely is it going to, is it going to cure? Is, is it going to be root cause? We we have never cured anything, and we cannot even use medical legally. We cannot use the word cure, cure. whether it be for cancer, whether it be for autoimmune. We can only say you're in remission. We can, never can manage. Say yeah. See, when I am depressed, depression happens in my mind level. Could be because of my bad marriage, or it could be because of uh, my childhood uh, history and everything. When I am tired for some reason, for let me give an example. Uh, I had a fight with my wife this morning. Mm -hmm. So what happened? Uh, I left right away. Mm -hmm. So the whole day I was driving. Will I be happily driving? Maybe not. But I'll be. I'm acting like I'm talking, but I may not be. Internally, yeah. internally, keep on going on. So if I hold that for a long time, it happened in the morning, eight o'clock. Whole day I spend my talk with my patients. I drive, I go to store, meet people. Artificially, I'm acting in front of you, but internally something going on in within me. So, if eight hours of uh, that uh, mental uh, negative ne energy. energy in my body, end of the day, please, please tell me: are, Will you be tired? Will you be happy? You feel tired by the time you keep on thinking something. You don't want to tell, but you'll be tired. Yeah. After eight hours, uh, what happens when the mind is bothered? What's going to happen? Do you feel like you're so energetic by the time? Maybe not. So don't think the mind has the impact on your energy level. Within eight hours of period, I'm telling you. So if it has happened for four or five days, what's going to happen? I don't want to walk. I don't want to run. I don't want to do anything. So what's going to become tired? Mm. So my mind connected to my energy, my energy connected with my body. Mm. So I'm okay today. If it has happened five days, I'm okay. Imagine if it has happened in my childhood. Yeah. How many years? Yes. So it affected my mind, it affected my body, it affected my body. Then it comes as a disease. Yes. Got it. This is for example. So you start with the mind always and go to the energy into the body. Depends on how long it is. If it is deep rooted. So what we need to do now, if it is a if this ha I had a fight with my wife this morning, and then within five minutes, my wife calls me and says, "Sorry, problem is solved." Though it does not happen all the time, right? But still, in you say sorry. <laughs> no, you, should be, you should be calling and saying sorry. Okay, <laughs> You're so amongst women. So. Same thing happened to her too. Same yeah. thing happened to her. I had a fight with them. If I call her and say sorry, the problem is solved. So I'm saving two lives right yeah. now. Right? That's true. So the problem is, so it is not going to my energy level, it's not going to the body level. Yeah. But if it's lasted for many, many days and many years and what happened, it already it affected my body. Then I come to the doctor. I'm coming to the doctor telling that the, I have a pain in my shoulder. I'm telling, coming to the doctor, my sugar is high. I'm not coming to you stating that I had a fight with my wife. Right. Or I have, I'm in a bad marriage and for the last 15 years yes. we've been fighting. Fighting. So my sugar is going high. No. no. <laughs> Yeah. So the root cause is already affected the mind. When you take in care of the issue at the mind level issue itself, you're preventing. That's why you talk about more. The mm -hmm. prevention is happening too. So mind is affected, intellect is, I mean, mind is affected, energy is affected, and body affected. When they come to us a level, that's what I feel like. I always like the way you diagnose the patient. You diagnose the patient based on the body. Mm -hmm. And also you see how much they are uh, energy level. Mm -hmm. You also talk about the mind mm -hmm. also. Too. Yes. So when you, that's called integrated approach. When the issue is happening in mind and in mind and then energy and then body, you, you, need, you need to take care of all three. Then you are, you're successful.
Yeah. So, uh, see, the problem with all of this is, let's say for adverse childhood events, we've done, there are studies that show when you're scoring about, there are score up to 10, uh, about four, and closer to 10, 12, you are at a higher risk for chronic disease and early death, mainly because it gets imprinted. I think a lot of times people need to have that awareness that your experiences in life actually will create the disease process. Yeah. yeah. The ter- and you have to have that awareness. And a lot of times we think of it as, um, I, I think, owning your uh, your role. And, and I think about this. I don't know if you know Tony Robbins. He's a motivational speaker. And he always says this. He says, if you're going to give um, credit to somebody for having um made you know made your life miserable you got to give the same person credit for making you successful because your success comes out of that misery mm-hmm. right and a lot of times we have to take that responsibility because if you don't take that responsibility you lose power and when you're 5 you're being tortured you're a helpless 5 year old but when you're 45 and you're talking about that torture as a 5 year old then at that point, you're having an excuse. And I think people find that difficult to understand. You don't understand, I had a terrible childhood. But you're no longer a child, and you're no longer in that situation. What can you do different to get yourself better? And that's really the question people need to ask, because once you take medicine, this is one of the biggest challenges in med, uh, in the medical field today is when somebody comes to us with rheumatoid arthritis, I say, oh, my God, you have rheumatoid arthritis. Your blood test shows this. This is there. Here's a pill. What I just told the patient is you have a disease that is inevitable. Here's what you should be doing. And that's it. We have not told the patient, hey, there's something more than the Anna kosha that we are able to see. There is your manomaya kosha, your mind is involved, and your pranamaya uh, kosha. All of that has to be worked on. Then this medicine will prevent the progression temporarily, yes. but you got to address these issues so you don't have to take this for a lifetime. Yes. And I think that has to be the different approach. Excellent, excellent, excellent right? approach. Excellent approach. Yeah. yeah. When there is an issue with the body, if you just take care of the body, then you're not addressing the issue. You're just giving a band-aid. And then if you go deeper into the body and then energy and then mind, uh, and then uh, you're taking care of everything. That's what it's a yoga concept. We are talking about yoga concept. Okay, I have issues with my body. I have issues with my energy. And I have issues with my mind. Three. What happened? If all three are happening, do you think my intellect will be better, working better? Naturally not. Right? My intellect is gone already. Yeah. So, so this is affect my intellect too. That is the only reason I can focus more. I cannot read. I cannot comprehend. And when you go to the college education, I cannot focus more. So intellect is affected because all three is affected. Mm. And all four things are affected. If your body is in the pain, your energy is tired, your mind is confused, depressed, and intellect is not working, do you think will you be happy? <laughs> you never be happy. Right. So all these things affect, will affect the other other aspect also. So mind level can affect, mind level can affect your intellect and then body. So in turn, this mind can affect your um, uh, affect your intellect also. It can affect your happiness also. So the mind, the issues which starts with the mind, can have an impact on all other five levels too. So how does a person come to the conclusion? A lot of this is their mind. Mm-hmm. How can they even? What is the? What are the steps they need to take in order to say, 
because what happens is most people come and say, my mother had rheumatoid arthritis, my grandmother had rheumatoid arthritis, so I have rheumatoid arthritis. So that way, what you have done now, you have basically said, this is not... Sorry, guys, I had put it on airplane mode and I took it off to try to go yeah, live. Yeah, I can't do airplane mode, so I do apologize. <laughs> but anyways, so um, uh, once again, when you get into that part where you say, hey, it runs in my family, therefore I have it. Number one, you're accepting the disease. Number two, you say, I'm not responsible for my disease. And that's how majority of our patients get on medicines and feel there's nothing more they need to do or nothing more they can do. And I think that's that's the part that how do we change that track and say, it doesn't matter what your mother has, your grandmother has, and this is something that we talk about in functional medicine. We say, it does not run in your family. What runs in your family is the thought process and the way you live. That's what is running in your family, not the genes. Not the genes. And um, I know you will agree with me, we cannot change the genes, but we can change the genetic effect. Yeah. If I, my father is a diabetes, not necessarily I should be a diabetic if I have a good lifestyle. Yeah. The mind process, again, the thought process. If I make my mind clear enough that I know my dad has a diabetes, it could be because of his lifestyle changes. Mm -hmm. yeah. I can change my life. I don't know whether it's true or not. I just read, uh, read somewhere 90% of the genetic causes, the disease can be prevented by improving your uh, lifestyle. <laughs> Right. Actually, only ten, there are 23,000 genes, only uh, close to 93, 95 of them cause diseases. So when you look at 23,000 and 93, I don't even know how small a percentage that somebody can calculate it. So the rest of them are pretty much modifiable, your environment. So your modifiable um, issues are, of course, your experiences do affect your um, thought process. But you also can learn from that experiences. I mean, it makes you the person who you are. So somebody comes to you and you want to start off. I think one of the ways that I approach is I ask them questions. And then when they get too difficult, I just push them over to Kim, right? Because <laughs> she can deal with that part of it and the mind part of it. But a lot of times asking them the question saying, why do you think this is happening till they can connect that a lot of it is their own thought process that is causing them to feel helpless and say, you know, I can't do anything about it or I can't change. So somebody comes to you from your um, being a physical therapist and ha having yoga uh, training. How do you integrate the two to help? And I, you've told me this before when, we, um, when we've spoken at other times in the classes where people come saying they cannot do something, right? And they're afraid to move their arm. But you do something and by the end of those the therapy sessions, they can't believe how much they can move and how much their balance comes. What is it that you're working with them when you're doing that? See, like, first of all, now you're coming to ask me about the, what kind of practice I'm mm -hmm. trying to do. Mm -hmm. So that's what the concept of yoga, people don't understand. Millions of people are practicing without understanding the concept of Correct. yoga. Mm -hmm. That is true. The yoga does yoga does not mean you need to stand on your head. Yes. I still, yoga means mastery over the mind. mind. Mm -hmm. if, if I ask you to stand up and bend all the way down, touch the floor. If you're torturing yourself to touch the floor, you're not helping yourself. If I am thinking, if I'm just bending my head, if I'm happy just by bending my head, if I'm pleasurable right there, if I continue to be in the pleasure state, I'm healing myself. 
that's where we should start first of all so number one is like uh, do not torture tor- do not do the any practice the torturing level and if the body is affected the energy is affected the mind is affected all th- we talked about all three is interconnected when you cannot do with the body you can do some training to the energy mm. let me give an example i am walking 5 miles my body does not cooperate my body is painful so what i'm going to do i'm going to sit i'm going to do some practice to de- increase my energy mm-hmm. when my energy is increased it we already know that the energy has impact in the body also mm-hmm. so people who cannot do at the physical level still they can do practice some there, there are a lot of yoga practice available just on energy level itself mm. and somebody say oh, i can do energy level i am I'm, i'm in a wheelchair but i'm in a bed bound can i do a yoga yes you can do a yoga mm-hmm. there are practice you do on the mind level yes and i think that's the main point i wanted to bring out because most people when you tell them go to yoga oh i can my back i have back pain that's the first thing anybody will say you've heard that too i can bend i can move my shoulder a lot of times it is moving your mind mm-hmm. and once you learn how to move your mind and that's what you say suddenly they are able to lift their hands they are able to you know people who walk on fire that's a mind thing because they have the same pain fibers walking on hot coal you have to get the mind ready for that degree of um action and a lot of times the people who lose weight who people who shift their health it is first mentally they're getting themselves set to do that Exactly. So you take them through a stepwise process, step-wise right? Process. So it's like a, it's like I would say integrated approach mm-hmm. and customized approach too. Customized That's why the online class is not going to be helpful. Yeah. If the people are who are uh, um, who are affecting the body, energy, and the mind level, we will think which is suitable for them first. Mm-hmm. Are, are they ready to start in the mind level? If people come with the pain, body mm-hmm. pain, they cannot move because energy is bad. What we do, we just put them on a the bed, lie down. we focus on the breathing mm. we tell them to relax so we do we do something a deep relaxation technique for 10 minutes so deep relaxation technique is something they are not doing with the body they are not doing with the energy they are doing something they are giving a mental suggestion to the body to relax after 10 minutes you can see that amazing they can start moving the body mm. the pain is going away because see when you have a mind tight mind crowded mind what you do first thing you get as neck pain mm. because of you think neck pain is a physical But why it is physical? I'm stressful all the day. I'm my TMJ. You're actually holding it like tight. This. So the mind is connecting to the body level. So when you relax your mind, automatically your body relaxes. Mm. So we need to identify a person whether they are functioning at the body level or is the issue in the body level or energy level and mm. the mind level. So that's what yoga is a tool. The amazing thing about yoga is we do a lot of research about mm. yoga. Practicing mind level practice will impact the body. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And also, people don't want to focus. But if you if you if I, if I ask you to sit down, we I maybe I'm more than forty year old. If you ask me to sit down, I can sit, close my eyes, I can meditate for thirty minutes. If I'm eight year old, my son, if I ask him to sit there, can you close your eyes? He can't even sit for a second. Yeah. So what happened? We give some physical activity to them. Mm. Some bodies to do the physical focus. Focus. You can do some kind of physical activity. physical activity which can impact your mind also mm. too what kind of physical activity that's a yoga activity that we do instead of running fast we tell them to okay move slowly control control it. Mm. when you control the body actually you're controlling your mind, mind yeah. who is controlling you've been your... tricking me this whole time they've been tricking you exactly it's definitely a trick yeah. see one time i'm just a little example i when i was studying in a school 
I was told, I was brought up in a Catholic school. If anybody, the one of the student is not behaving well or is not listening well, they'll put him as a team leader. Oh, that is so cool. I used to get not <laughs> <laughs> Why is it a team leader? Why the team Because when you become in charge, you can control them. Mm-hmm. That's exactly. See, when I ask you to do the body, so I'm doing a body level, I'm, I'm asking you to do controlled, slow movement of the body. So who is controlling it? My mind is controlling the body. See, I want to say something snarky about it. I guess that's how leaders are born. <laughs> <laughs> Just out of control. <laughs> We're going to put you in charge. <laughs> so you can do <laughs> And without telling that they are controlling. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That, that exact is a trick. Basically, the physical poses, what we do in a yoga, we're doing a controlled, slow position. And we are doing to the level without torturing ourselves. So basically, we are working on the body. We think we are working on the body. The force behind the body is the mind. So the mind is getting controlled. Okay, because you're doing something tangible. You're thinking that, but actually the focus, there's a lot of focus on what you're doing. And a lot of times that's the other thing that we tell people, right? We, You don't, even when you're cutting vegetables, you can pretty much focus. Exactly. If you're focusing on the vegetables. Exactly. Right? If you're thinking about when am I going to finish this, I got to go watch my TV show, then that is out of focus. Exactly. Your your energy is all, all over the place and I think that's very important. Doing with any, everything with the awareness. Yeah. That yeah. awareness will come when you start to practice yoga. When you, everything we need to practice in yoga is doing with the awareness of physical level, doing awareness of energy level and, and become to the meditation, doing awareness with the mind level. It then becomes, you do with awareness any activity what you do and you enjoy doing everything. Correct. And I, I think that's the, the key thing is Number one, taking responsibility for where you are. Mm-hmm. Number two, being aware that you can actually control everything in your um, body, health, and life. And number three is being in the moment. Being in the moment, yeah. Yes. And um, once you get that and make it a daily practice, mm-hmm. so every time your mind wanders, mm-hmm. you come back. Mm-hmm. Like focusing into what you're doing at this moment. Yes. I think those are the things that will get you to an overall health, correct? Yes, yes. So how does somebody go about finding the right yoga practice? Because now yoga, the way I look at it, I think, and we've learned it uh, when we were taught, also yoga can be of, you can modify yoga to reach the people. I always um, give this, I mean, not that I want to bring up any religion, but a Catholic church, if you have a very traditional priest, he, he, or she, uh, he may not... Uh, connect with the teenagers. But if you have a very young priest who knows what kids do when they give the sermons, it they actually connect with the teenagers. So yoga is one of those things. If you do just exactly the traditional yoga that is supposedly came from or, uh, the origin is in India, and this is how they did it, but you see a lot of the commercial yoga. And most of the commercial yoga is about poses. Mm-hmm. The more difficult the poses are, the more you can stay in them, the better you feel like you're Then doing. you're a yogi. And then you're a yogi, and you're in right? Head. Yeah. But that's one type. That is just one aspect of yoga. The asanas are only one aspect of yoga, right? Yoga has several, the disciplines, there are several disciplines. So the mind is one of the main things, like you said, it's mastery of the mind. 
So people looking for the right yoga, and it can be done from zero to, not zero, probably two, three, three to a hundred years and plus. You want to look for um, somebody who will teach you mastery of the mind and not necessarily only the asanas, right? The asanas is a very, yeah. It's a very small though. So the asanas are the physical poses, which is what we all connect yoga to. We, when you think of yoga, you're looking at it as exercise. In fact, there's a new yoga class in New York. Of course, New York will start all of these things. The gal was from Michigan. I forget her name, but it's called Yoga 7, I think. Mm-hmm. So she did not like how yoga classes were run. And so now she does yoga where you actually sweat it out, right? Doing exercises or in a dark room with a lamp, no mirrors. There's so many things. She's made, modified it. So that part of yoga, the asana part of yoga is also mind control, correct? Yes. Because for you to get in position, in certain positions that are not normal or that are not easy to, that requires mind control. But that is completely different. That's not the yoga we're talking about. We're talking about a yoga that really focuses on your thought process and how it connects to your energy and therefore connects to your body. Correct? Yes. yes. So See, to answer your question, we talk about physical, physical, because we want to get fit at the physical level. Right. Why, then why yoga, traditional yoga supports yoga asanas too? Mm-hmm. There are about more than 70,000 yoga poses available. But why it supported? See, if you want to take, if you, uh, I told you like uh, yoga means mastery over the mind. Mm-hmm. Why should I do physical part of it? See, if I want to master over the mind, that means I need to talk to my mind. I need to focus on my mind. If I want to focus on my mind, what should I do? I should sit in a comfortable place and close my eyes mm-hmm. and then think about my mind. If I'm not sitting comfortable, my body aches, what's going to happen? You're not going to be I'm not going to do it. That's why I need to take care of my body. If there's any body botheration happening within me, I cannot focus on my mind. So the physical yoga poses are far to make your body level correct. That's a very excellent point. Yeah. So when so you're you, constantly in pain, you cannot be focused on anything yeah. but the pain. But the pain. So the, that's the yoga poses. So we took yoga alone, that means yoga poses. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, people who practice yoga, they know something called Ashtanga yoga. There are eight parts of the yoga. You can see a lot of names like Ashtanga yoga. Ashtanga yoga means like eight parts. So if you want to reach the bliss level, mm-hmm. there's something called Yama Niyama, Asana Pranayama, Pratyagara, Dharana Dhyana Samadhi. There are eight parts. Yama Niyama is something called do's and don'ts. Do's, okay. And then Asana means yoga poses. You practice three. Then something called Pratyagara. Pratyagara means that, that means like you're withdrawing from outside world, you're traveling inside the world. If you take care of all the three, the outside world, like do's and don'ts, my physical level, then I can travel inside within me. That's called pratyag. You practice that. So transition, transitioning from my outside world to inside world, that is one of the practice. Mm. I want to go deeper inside. That is called pratyagara. Then last three levels are called dharna, dhyana, samadhi. It's called like focusing, defocusing, and bliss level. Mm. There are eight steps are there. So asana is the one part. This physical pose is like Neat. one part of the thing. It's the step towards to reach the physical level. People who does, why still yoga is so popular? Millions of people practice that. By doing the physical level itself, they have been bliss. They see good effect. That's why they, they like it. But what I'm trying to say is, yes, thank you. You got it. Go beyond it. <laughs> <laughs> got it. Yeah. I think for those that to get to that level, level of balance, you do need your mind. You do need your body to be healthy. And you need to have good energy. Yes. 
So you master those three, then you got a little more further to go. Exactly. And the the focusing and defocusing is like your focusing is like I remember, um, and I think I've written a blog about this. One of the stories in um, uh, Mahabharata where Arjuna was asked to hit the bird's eye, mm-hmm. and all his cousins and brothers by the Guruji was asked, what do you see in the tree? They look at the bird, I see the feather, I see the head, I see the eye. And the next guy says, I don't see the leaves, I just see the bird. And then Arjuna says, I see the eye. (laughs) So that's focus, focus, right? You're you're focused on what you're supposed to do. And the defocusing is moving away from, is it like um, not knowing what's going on around you? That's a good question. That is a focusing defocusing. Dharna, Dhyana, Samadhi. Dharma is something you focus. Dhyana means the meditation you defocus. Defocusing. So you're going internally. Internally. The, the true meaning of it, for example, if you want to start practicing uh, meditation, meditation is I should look at you, but I'm not looking at, at you. you. Yeah. <laughs> that is called meditation. What is that? I don't know. So by looking at you, so focusing. But still my eyes are there, but I'm not looking at you. That is defocus. Because nothing that's happening outside is actually getting internalized, the, but you're just listening to your internal, internal yes. uh, cues. So okay. That is called defocusing. That's what we call like a meditation. So meditation is not something you're doing it. Meditation is something you're undoing it. Got it. That's why when you're you're focusing on the vegetables, but you have no idea what else is happening around you. Your exactly. kids are jumping all over the place, but you have no clue. You're focused on the vegetables. When exactly. you're eating the vegetables, when, defocus. Defocus, yes. <laughs> you're de- yeah, you should defocus when you're eating. Basically, you're not necessarily looking at the... Uh, you're looking at the food, but you have no idea what else is happening around you, correct? Exactly. Then you're meditating. So meditation is probably the easiest thing to do that. Absolutely. Doing anything with awareness. Uh, so you cannot, you, I ask you to focus, you sit there, you focus, focus, a lot of thoughts come around. That's the reason why we do, you develop some kind of practice for everyone. Okay, come to my yoga class mm-hmm. and do with me, just do this stretching, do this breathing. So slowly we are tuning, we're tricking your mind mm-hmm. and do that. Like how we trick people to eat healthy from a <laughs> detox part. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so um, in other words, if a child is all over the place, all you have to say is, Describe the vegetable on your plate. Mm-hmm. What do you think about it? So the, now they begin to focus on that, and that is a form of meditation. Yes. We can actually get kids to do things. Absolutely. If you actually have them focus and describe what they are, instead of hand, uh, handling all those emotional turmoil Absolutely. around eating a broccoli. Absolutely. Got See, it. You, don't you agree that anything you do with awareness, you enjoy? If but you like it, I mean, like that's it. what that's what you want to do. If you like it, I mean, if, if you like it, you, you anything you do with awareness, you're going to like it. Uh, if, you, if you like, that means you're doing that. If you don't like, you, your, your your mind, mind is, is like, not on it. Yeah. Mind is somewhere. Just so trying to get over it. I think you thing. you whine about why you have to do it. So mm-hmm. somehow, if you want somebody to do something, you have to actually help them connect with it. And that would be a form of meditation. So meditation is basically very easy. Very easy, definitely. And we can actually wow. do it every day, every minute, <laughs> every, every second minute, yeah. of when our you life. you talk, you can meditate. You can walk, you can meditate. Uh, meditation is so easy if you know how to do it, if you understand it. If you if, understand the if concept. If you believe to understand it, yeah. So That's the thing, too. Like with westernized yoga or whatever, you know, that everybody has here on every corner, like no one ever talks about this stuff. Nope, Been nope. doing yoga for four years. It's the first time I'm hearing about this. Oh, good to know. Thank well, you. Well, yeah. The mind part was like the torture part. Yeah. Like, I want to move. I don't want to have to, like, work on my mind at all. So. See, the mind oh, is so shit. tricky, what happened. <laughs> if they ask you to sit there and focus there, 
If I ask you to sit, okay, close your mind, focus, 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 focus. I guarantee you will not be successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they're telling me to do it. <laughs> do it. <laughs> I think of everything else. You will focus everything except the thing whatever. I'm going to do <laughs> yep. It's going to happen. When I ask you to close your eyes and don't focus, just allow the thoughts to come. Then just for 10 minutes, you'll be more relaxed. Yeah. Actually, the thoughts fade away after some time because Sometimes. you just allow it. And then suddenly you don't know what happened. You don't know that time passed yes. a lot of times. See, that's, that's one of the greatest things about meditation. But like we just discussed, meditation can be in everyday work. Yes. What you're doing, as long as you're focused and bring back, like if you're talking to somebody, if I'm talking to you right now, as long as I'm not thinking about how am I going to go home in the traffic, I'm good. Yes. Then I'm I'm meditating right exactly. now. Exactly. Basically, so flow states. Yeah. Yeah. Doing anything with awareness. Yeah. Great information about yoga, health and wellness, training your body when aligned to its wellness. Thank you for sharing your wisdom. Yep. Thank you so much, thank Kim. You. you are an awesome part of our team. So thank you for being that too. Um, so uh, for somebody who wants to get started and is afraid because you know the when you look at the Basic yoga classes is a lot about um, body movement. It's very intimidating for a lot of people. So I think a lot of people don't want to start yoga because they think, oh, I can't touch my toes. I can't do all of this stuff. Yeah. That's not what it's about. To, not to cut you I can give one example. In India, when the yoga university started, they our yoga teacher, our senior yoga teacher, they travel all around the country. So they went to one school. Like They are given 10 different types of practices. This is helpful for diabetes. Okay, they did that. And then they went to a different school. They told them, they gave it 10 different uh, types of practice, which is just opposite to that, which is helpful for diabetes. And then they went to the next different school. They said that if you do this practice, this is not very helpful for diabetes, and then it is going to be, uh, it's going to cause diabetes. So they realized that why different schools of practicing yoga poses, breathing, have different uh, types of techniques. Finally, they come back to know it is not the what technique what you do. It is a technique how relaxed you are doing it. Mm-hmm. The relaxation, the pleasure, what you get out of that technique is what healing the body, not the technique. So anything you do without pain, pain and strain, strain then you you healing yourself. And I think that's very important because uh, people think yoga means I got to put a mat, I got to uh, clear out all the clutter. Mm-hmm. I, I would say you can sit in your sofa mm-hmm. and do yoga. Exactly. Right? Because if that's your comfortable zone, you can do it and you can just make whatever uh, stretching you want to do, you can do it or whatever thought process you want, you can do it. Yes. But that's your focus, focus and that would be good enough for you to start. Yes. So basically, you can start no matter what level yes. of physical fitness you're at yes. and no matter what your age, you don't have to bend, you don't have to strain. Yes. It's pretty much... Mastery over mind. Mastery over the mind. Like I told people with the paraplegic, the disabled people, with the wheelchair, they, it's yoga. We do it. We go for, we have a Parkinson's and multiple sclerosis society in the South Field. Our group, volunteers, they go, they, they teach yoga. People who come in a wheelchair, they sit there, they do, they practice yoga. They enjoy coming there. Yeah. Yeah. For them, it's, yeah, it gives them, again, it's giving them the control over their body. body. So if somebody wants to work with you, where do they find you? How do they find you? Uh, typically, I, I'm, a, I'm a volunteer. Mm-hmm. I, yoga, I do yoga for passion. So, physical therapy is my hobby. Yeah. That's my make a living. <laughs> so, right now, I don't teach classes. I do a lot of seminars. I travel all over the country yeah. and then I travel internationally too. Yeah. I'm doing seminars. I'm currently, I'm involved 
um, in yoga research. Mm-hmm. Especially like I'm doing, I'm, I'm writing an article, not an article, uh, uh, a proposal to how yoga can help uh, for the people with the dizziness and balance. Wow. Okay. Which also, I'll come back to that. We found that the mind, anxiety and depression makes them people more dizzier, which is, uh, which we, that's what I'm doing on that. But I have, we do have a practice in the Waterford. Uh, we do something called yoga therapy. Mm-hmm. So what we do is like, uh, they, we, we make an appointment, we do an assessment. Is there any medical issues? And uh, because we, based yeah. the background of medical knowledge, what we have is diabetes or weight reduction or arthritis or back pain, all those things. So we diagnose them. Based on that, we customize a program, a yoga therapy program for them, and then we give them a, a program for them. Okay. So in the office, in the office, we are doing it based on the consultation. Uh, they need to make an appointment and all those things. Yeah. Okay. So basically, if they want to have a different approach mm-hmm. and they don't want to go uh, undergo any surgery, see if this is a good option, option for them. They can come for an evaluation. Okay. You will give them a customized program, program and work with them. How many weeks do you work? Um, I mean, obviously. We are not an uh, insurance-based practice, so something like yours, is that uh, recognized by insurance or is it something that you do as a cash practice? How do you work it's, it out? Yes and no. Okay. See, when they come to us, if there be anything with the uh, uh, physical therapy pain, musculoskeletal aspect of it, mm-hmm. insurance covers that. Okay. Because we are uh, paying like... Uh, Once you have the disease, we will cover yes. it. Yes. <laughs> you don't have a, if you want a prevention, of course, or not. <laughs> or you want to create health, no, we no, don't cover that. Okay. Medical condition, everything based on dictated. Because yoga is like a physical. Mm-hmm. We do a physical exercise. We do a breathing. Mm-hmm. So all those things are covered under insurance. We mm-hmm. can do that. But anything with the medical diagnosis, uh, we have a challenge with insurance. Mm. So what I we recommend is that people come to us, we do at least a complete evaluation. So and when you say medical diagnosis, I want to clarify that. Medical diagnosis not related to musculoskeletal pain. Pain, yes. It's not covered by insurance. Not covered by insurance mm-hmm. for a yoga therapy. Mm-hmm. For example, you have a patient with a diabetes. Diabetes, yes. And you feel like this patient might be benefit from diabetes. So you already done your uh, evaluation to them. So we, we do the, we see that if the diabetes is caused by the uh, overweight mm-hmm. or if the diabetes is caused by because they are not walking, mm-hmm. why they are not walking because of the knee pain, mm-hmm. that's kind of evaluation we do it. Yeah. And, that, and then we customize mm-hmm. the program. Uh, so these kind of, we give them, okay, these kind of yoga poses can be given. Diabetes can be caused, you, you know better than me, mm-hmm. it could be lack of physical activity. Or it could be more stressful. Stress, yes. Usually it's stress. It's mostly it's stress. Mm-hmm. People who are so happy all the time, but still they don't do physical activity, they can get diabetes too. That's the differentiation we make. Mm. Okay. So Got then we it. think if your people are more stressed, we give something to just to reduce the stress alone. Got it. And then how long do they have to work with you? Of course, it depends on how open-minded they are, how they're willing to embrace what you're teaching them. But usually if a very compliant patient comes, what is the longest period they need to spend with you in order to see results? Let to see this. What our my protocol is always because people come from different part of the city and everything. They come for own evaluation completely. So we do a basically medical evaluation and then see that are they capable of doing physical or mental or breathing practices, and then we we customize the program for them. Typically, anytime between three to six visits, they'll be comfortable if they're compliance patient. Mm-hmm. So then we work with them. If not, if they're coming from a distance, we have a, like um, uh, yoga teachers available. Mm-hmm. If, for example, no body right. radiology is available. Yeah. Yeah. I've done many, many patients. They come to me, I, I, I just evaluate them. I tell them, you know what, these are the poses, these are the things you can be done. 
if you have neck pain do not do, do this pose if you have back pain do this pose right. so i tell the teachers mm -hmm. uh, yoga instructors what to do then they take you over then they yeah. can go to a local if they have a yoga instructor already they have it mm -hmm. and more than willing to talk to the yoga instructor got it and tell them sir this is what i found can you please do this poses can you please do this kind of practice please avoid this kind of poses so actually your unique um, uh, you know approach is that you're able to medically actually see what yoga poses will work for them and what might yes. harm them at the current state current state and then after they work they can come for a reevaluation to see if they can go higher and Advanced. higher Advanced. got it that's exactly typical protocol um practice man doing it Very people nice. come back after 6 months say i'm good one boy for example one patient came from novi uh she told her i could never walk in a treadmill that's mm -hmm. my goal i said uh, that's why i come to you they already told me that if you come to you you can make me walk mm -hmm. i said i will make you walk after 6 months mm -hmm. so then after she practiced and she called me and said i'm willing i'm walking on treadmill right now very nice so like is advancement everybody yeah. needs that adjustment yeah got it Okay, very nice. So um, you have a website people can go to. My uh, my office website is like a www.physical.com. The physical is spelled different. Oh, F Y Z I C A L. All right, we will put it attach it to the um, show notes. Yeah. And um, yeah, spelled different. That's why we are different. Okay, yes. very good. I don't think there are more uh, questions. I think everybody understands now that anybody can do yoga. It's really mastery. over the mind not about poses not about yoga poses and uh, pretty much at any point in time any uh, like right now if you're listening to us and hearing only us and not watching tv or looking at your phone for other things then you're doing yoga basically right and i heard you're offering a yoga classes here right yes we do I, and we actually get our own that, yeah. yes good thank you for your helping your people yeah yes we are uh, actually uh, i drag in the uh, teachers uh, to get it because i'm still the most of the people who come to us are our own clients so i don't do yoga for them as yet i uh, get in one of my teachers and say they can come do a class and that they i participate and i help kind of kind of yeah uh, but we are right? because that's i think that's a very important part of the team is the mind and we always talk about it all the questions So uh thank you very much again for those of you who joined us and thank you for the questions and we will look at all the questions and answer them later and all, as always please support the practice by going on to iTunes downloading the podcast liking it if you don't like it let us know why you didn't like it hopefully this is something that uh, really helped you and once again this is Dr. Shalom from Holistic Integrative Center of Mumbai Marina was with me. She was not on camera because we couldn't fit everybody on the camera. And this is Dr. Van, and I will post all of this information in the show notes. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you. Bye. 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 If you've listened to this podcast fully, I would like to hope you've gained some new knowledge, a different way of thinking, and have benefited from it. If so, would you please do me a favor and share this with your family and friends? I do however want to mention that nothing that is stated in this podcast or written in the show notes should be construed as medical advice. We would like you as an individual to seek your medical advice from your specific provider. Our goal has all along been to dig into some existing truths, try and make it simple so we all have a better understanding of our options out there to live fulfilling lives. 
It may be also prudent for me to mention the this here that no doctor-patient relationship was ever formed. In closing, I am grateful that you joined us and please do not forget to leave a review or share this info. Signing off till next time, I'm your host, Dr. Nisha Chalamet.